0: Tom Brady returns to Tampa. Carolina Panthers name as starter. And what about that uh, questionable hit on Kayvon Thibodeau? We're going to dive into all of it on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of
1: the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast. It's Tuesday. That means you get me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL. I do Locked On Vikings. And here in place of Ross Jackson is David Harrison, who does Locked On Bucks and Locked On Commanders at D. Harrison82. And what fortuitous timing to have the Bucks guy in because Tom Brady is back. We'll also talk about the Carolina Panthers naming Baker Mayfield, and then uh, you and I have some thoughts on a hit from the preseason that sort of made the rounds, and whether or not that hit was dirty. But hey, let's let's stick to the headline. And if if ever there is Tom Brady news, it's a headline. <laughs> Tom Brady returns after you probably know better than I do how long an absence. Um, he's back. Everything is good. It was all personal reasons, family stuff. Um, Tom Brady is back ready to go. Bad that he missed time. What's the vibe in Tampa?
1: Oh, it's business as usual now, you know, uh, 11 days is he was gone for. And, and, you know, again, going back to when he actually left, it was, it was the second day of Miami Dolphins joint practices. He practiced the first day, got some good work in with the uh, the guys that were available. And then, uh, the next day he, uh, was gone and everybody kind of wondered where Tom Brady was because even when he wasn't practicing, he's usually, you know, on the side, you know, coaching up and, mm-hmm. and just hanging out with his teammates. And that's when we learned that, you know, he had a prearranged deal with the team that he was going to take off for a period of time. Uh, he missed five practices. Like at the end of the day, he, he missed five practices and he wasn't on the sideline for two preseason games that he wasn't going to play in. Even if he was in Tampa, he wouldn't have been playing in either of the games. So when you talk about a work cycle, you know, loss or manpower hours lost. He missed five practices. That's what happened. And, and Tom Brady is going to be fine. Cause Oh, by the way, also not practicing in those five uh, practices, at least not in the live portions against the other teams, the dolphins and the Titans, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and for the most part, Julio Jones and Russell gave. So his top four receivers also not practicing for various reasons during sure. that time frame. So Tom Brady missed about a total of call it 10 reps with one of the wide receivers He's going to play with for the majority uh, of the season. So all in all, no big deal. He makes the family happy. He makes his wife happy. He gets a little bit of R&R during his you know, 100th training camp. And, yeah, back back at practice Monday, not only was he back, Mike Evans was a full participant. Chris Godwin was participating in team drills for the first time all training camp coming off of his torn ACL. Uh, and according to all reports, he looked like Tom Brady.
0: It's like a probably a decent idea load management-wise. I mean, what's he, 45 now? Yeah. And I mean, look, Evans, Godwin, Julio, these guys aren't spring chickens either. Like, no. yeah, that's seems like a decent idea to maybe not run these guys into the ground during training right. camp, like you would to somebody on a rookie contract. So not on the Masked Singer. Uh, if everybody missed oh. that theory, that was amazing. Somebody sleuthed out like uh, shooting days of Masked Singer and tried to like, match them up with the days that brady was missing oh. practice and and posited that he was on the masked singer here's yep. the deal i still don't a hundred percent buy that he wasn't on the masked singer and he'd be like oh no i was right. just on a vacation with my family in the bahamas nothing to see here everybody like i don't know i'll believe it when the season is over when the, the masked singer season is over and he didn't show up as one of them i don't know about that uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, look,
1: that, that's what everybody's saying. Is he tweeted on Monday that you know, no, I wasn't on the mass Singer and 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 whatever. And everybody's like, well, that's exactly what someone who was on the that's exactly Singer that's exactly what
0: he would say. Yeah, um, no, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not convinced until I it's yeah. until the, the fat lady sings Absolutely. or the Tampa Bay she Bucks quarterback sings. The winner sings, of the show. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was. It, look, that it was it. Was very funny. Um, it was, but. Yeah, this it's a non-thing, but it is good. Like in my world of being a shell-shocked fan of a traumatizing football team, when a player just suddenly doesn't show up to practice and it's like sort of mysterious why. Like the last time I can remember that happening, Daniil Hunter had back surgery and was out for the year, and you're like, What Mm. he's just suddenly gone. Um, And those kinds of absences where they're not even on the field and they just sort of disappear. And it's the kind of thing where they woke. Like there was reason to be a little worried. Um, But that's not the only Tom Brady stuff that has come up this week. So while we're on the topic, apparently a little uh, story from the 2020. Apparently everybody had their hands on Tom Brady at some point between the Patriots and his time with the Bucs. So apparently there was something in like a UFC like simulcast with Gronkowski's. And can you tell me this story?
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing because the eleven days that Tom Brady was not around for training camp, I don't think we talked about Tom Brady more than any other <laughs> stretch of time. Like it was just crazy. And during UFC 278, and I guess the broadcast called UFC 278 with the Gronks. You'll all have to forgive me. I'm not a UFC guy, so I don't really know how this works, but. Apparently, it's like a simulcast. Like, it's it's like, like a manic cast right, for, yeah. for Monday Night Football. And so this was with the Gronks, and Gronk was there, his brothers, and, and it looked like some friends or family, uh, whoever, they were watching the fights. And, you know, just like the manny cast, they had guests in. Well, one of the guests that they had was UFC president uh, Dana White. And at one point during Dana's appearance on the on the simulcast or on the Gronk cast, uh, Gronk kind of – prodded him it was like, hey Dana, you know, tell tell the story. Tell the tell the Raiders story. He's and, causing uh, problems on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he loves <laughs> chaos, right? And, and Dana honestly <laughs> kind of hesitated for a minute. It was like, You really want me to tell the story? He's like, Yeah, man, tell the story. So uh here he here's not the full story, but here's the quote that I pulled from it. Uh basically Danigan went on to say, quote, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders, and it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up, and said that he didn't want him, and all hell broke loose. Brady was already looking at houses. It wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming, so Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up, uh, and then Data went on and said that he was never going to tell that story, but Gronk kind of opened the door, and Gronk's response was, that is exactly what happened. So Tom Brady amazing. and Rob Gronkowski were apparently... A house house purchase away from being Las Vegas Raiders, and then John Gruden said, "You know what? I don't want greatness. I would just rather be mediocre." And what a uh, great that's what he got!
0: What a great chapter in like Raiders history, of <laughs> especially pain. with Brady. From, with the, from Bra- of all people, yeah, of all of people. They could have had Brady. Ostensibly, they could have had that Super Bowl because Lord knows, like you're just going to win a Super Bowl if Brady. Like that's the most yeah. consistent way to win a ring is have Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> but then it bleeds John into Gruden it, it. Yeah. and he goes off and wins. And you guys still, like barely make the playoffs once in the last two years. Right. And then Gruden, it like what a parting gift from John Gruden, John who Gruden. left your your franchise in a state of chaos in the middle of the season yeah. and is still, I mean, goodness.
1: <laughs> and I, I'm a Derek Carr fan, so I kind of feel bad for him from this because if you remember, like, again, shortly after Brady and the Bucks do their whole thing. Brady's on the shop which is an HBO show where people you know oh athletes God. they talk honestly and everything and and it, a clip goes viral cuz he says there is a team yeah. that was in the running and at the very end they pulled out and said they weren't interested and Tom's response was you really want to go with that guy right that's M already F-er. said yeah yeah and then he goes on to say oh like, okay i get it well <laughs> i'll fun. show you your mistake and again i'm paraphrasing well if that is indeed the raiders and if that MFR is Derek Carr. And if the Raiders are the team that Tom Brady's going to show, he they made a mistake. Well, Tom Brady proceeds in the 2020 season to go 33 for 45, 369 yards, and four touchdowns. And the Buccaneers <laughs> absolutely destroyed the Las Vegas Raiders. And yeah, man, I mean, just, just brutal, uh, just brutal all around. And then for Bucks fans, the final layer of this whole thing, John Gruden, responsible for both Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowls. Unreal. <laughs> so it's just better than fiction, man. You couldn't like if you, you wrote this up for an episode of Ballers, everybody would say that's ridiculous. That's I can't ridiculous. Even believe you, you produce this.
0: And what a hero for Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. Yeah. But we but you have know what other... else is
1: ridiculous, Luke. Oh yeah, hit it, hit me. Getting seventy-five high-quality vitamins in one drink. That sounds ridiculous. But good. Our next partner it has a product that literally. Right below my floor in my kitchen cabinet, I have a container of it as we speak right here today. I started taking AG1 because I needed a quick way to get my vital nutrition in the morning, and I didn't want to take a bunch of pills. With that one scoop of AG1, you get those 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I like my AG1 a little sweeter, so I mix it with pineapple juice and water, Ooh. and it's perfect. An AG1 subscription costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water or some juice if you like that way every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Hey, so your fantasy drafts are all probably coming up. And it is Fantasy Draft Week. It This is like the week to be listening to Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Dynasty. We have all kinds of resources here. They're all daily podcasts with Kate Majuk and, and Marcus Mosher and Vinny Iyer. We have all kinds of fantasy expertise coming at you. So make sure you go check those out. This is absolutely the time. It's also the time where we find out who starting quarterbacks will be. The Carolina Panthers, after dragging this out, Way longer than anyone thought they had to. Like, we knew Baker Mayfield was going to be the starter when they traded for him. Which, let me just get out of the way. It's funny that they paid more for Sam Darnold. Okay. It's said, it's out there. It's very funny that they paid more for Sam Darnold. Um, Matt Corral has a Liz Frank in- injury. He's going to be out for the year. And so that corner, quarterback room, which was kind of the story of Panthers camp, is now set. You're going to have Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold. And P.J. Walker will probably still be around as a third quarterback, maybe on the practice squad or something. Um, it's Baker Mayfield. I don't know. When did you know that it was going to be Baker Mayfield? A hundred percent, certainly. Because I was like going in. It's like, yeah, <laughs> maybe there's a chance that, you know, Sam Darnold is, you know, stranger things have certainly happened. And then you get into like two two practices and everyone's like, nope, he's still Sam Darnold. And then, you know, it feels like they dragged this out way
1: longer than they had to. Right. And I and I think they did that out of respect for Sam or or yeah. maybe not even out of respect for Sam, but just to kind of perpetrate this image that they're not a franchise that's just gonna completely railroad their starter and and bring in a guy with no experience within the scheme, no knowledge of the playbook, no relationship with any of the weapons on the field, except for one Higgins, right? He, he was in Cleveland yeah. with Higgins. So I guess he has a relationship with one player. Uh, I guess on he the he's gonna be just healthy
0: too. Yeah.
1: And then just say Thanks for everything, Sam. You're you're, you're now the official backup. They at least had to make it look like this was a process that Baker Mayfield had to come in and prove himself and all this other stuff. right? But we all knew from from Jump Street that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Now, the question really to me when this trade first went down, Luke, was how long was it going to take? Because Baker Mayfield is by far and away, so far from what they've both shown, the better NFL quarterback than Sam Darnold is. And you could argue situations and, and and franchise support and all that stuff all you want, but that's just kind of where we are right now. Um, honestly, I, I almost wonder if Cleveland wasn't week one, right? If, if Carolina Cleveland wasn't week one, I wonder if this is the move. I still want, I still kind of wonder if maybe if Cleveland's week five or six, right? Maybe Sam starts the season first three games or so, and they give Baker a little bit more time. You know, and then they kind of do the whole dog and pony of, you know, Sam, he's been here. He knows the system better. Baker is doing everything we asked him to do. And he's doing great. He just needs a little bit more time to get caught up. And da, da, da. so neither quarterback is embarrassed by the decision. And then, you know, week four, you probably roll Baker out there, give him a week uh, to, to kind of get acclimated. And then week five, you let him take on the Cleveland Browns. So I wonder how much of this is accelerated just because of that, because. Even even the the, the the strongest Baker Mayfield supporter has to understand this dude is incredibly egotistical. If the Carolina Panthers don't let him go out there and play against the Cleveland Browns in week one, he is going to carry that with him the entire time he's wearing a panther. Like, he's going to take and that. And so NBA will sport. I. We are owed this. I mean, so everybody who <laughs> might watch this game because, honestly, it's the only reason to watch the game is the Baker yeah. Mayfield revenge game. But, I, I mean, I think just with the personalities you're dealing with, Honestly, the Panthers didn't have a choice. If you actually want this to ever work with Baker Mayfield, you have to let him go out there week one against the Browns. I will
0: say, so last year, Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers in April. This year, the Baker Mayfield trade was in June. So the only difference is that Darnold had an, the offseason like, OTA program and Mayfield didn't. I don't know if that's that bad of a learning curve. to ha- I mean, you get go to a new team, you get all of camp, you, you can get ready, Um So it's not like, you know, something like I remember when the Vikings traded for Sam Bradford a few years ago, like four days before week one, and he took a week like that. a little more fair. Um, So I don't know. I kind of feel like once they traded for Baker Mayfield, like I'm all for, yeah, have it be a competition, you know, 100%. You know, if even if a thousand out of a thousand times Baker Mayfield beats Sam Darnold in that competition, it's still good to make him do it, you know, make him prove it. Um, even if it should be a foregone conclusion, that doesn't mean it has to be. you know, if you have the, I don't know Detroit Lions play the Kansas City Chiefs, that's a foregone conclusion, but you don't cancel the game. Um, so I, I definitely get that. I, I guess where my brain goes is I, Baker mayfields starting quarterback of the Panthers. I'm not sure if you move the Browns game that ends up any different. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to lose a camp battle to S- Sam Darnold, but my question becomes wh- what is next for Sam Darnold? It's, yeah. He's not fr- a franchise guy. We, we've known that. We've known that since about 2019. Um, is this a world where he becomes a backup for a while? Because he's still dripping with talent and he's still, you know, like always going to, he was drafted at 20. So yeah. it's not like he's going to start getting old here anytime soon. Can this be a world, is there a world where Sam Darnold becomes one of the league's kind of journeyman backups and then maybe eventually takes a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like arc of kind of accidentally being good a few times and maybe he can figure it out? Is he broken forever? Is he out of the league in in 500 days? Where does this go for him?
1: Yeah, so I think the storyline he's on, right, is kind of, I kind of think about like comic book, you know, uh, uh, worlds or dimensions, whatever it is. Yeah, gotcha. have Marvel and D.C. They all have superheroes that are somewhat similar, right? So I think in the NFL, you have these, these high highly touted quarterbacks who come in and they prove themselves. And they start for a really long time, and they have good careers and everything else. And you have these really high-drafted quarterbacks that turn into busts, and that's where Sam Darnold is going to fall, unfortunately, for him. But you look at some other recent examples, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky, those three guys, they all kind of follow the same pattern, right? So you go from the team... Uh, that that you get drafted by, you get an opportunity. Now, Sam has kind of a pit stop as a starter in Carolina, but I think the next stop for him is the same as the next stop for Marcus, Jameis, and even Mitch, which is to go be the backup to a more established quarterback. Now, I don't know that I would count Baker Mayfield in this situation. He's obviously the better, more talented, and you could even say more more established in the National Football League as a whole. But I'm almost looking, like maybe – this is his backup, right? This is his Jameis Winston under Drew Brees. This is his Mitch Trubisky under Josh Allen. This is Marcus Mariota behind Derek Carr. I would say this is probably the kind of the weirdest scenario because every one of those other scenarios, the quarterback is at least older or significantly more proven. Like Josh right. Allen is, you know, well and Mitch he could go back
0: in too, aggravate that shoulder, and suddenly you're you're back to
1: the Darnold world. Yeah, absolutely. But then you see them kind of take that next step. So they they take the time, they get out of the spotlight, right? They stop becoming the center of attention they stop having everything you put into the the blogs and the podcasts and the newspapers and the websites and you just get to football like all year long all you get to do all you have to do is football and that almost kind of I think helps reset things a little bit for these guys and then the next year you see them come out now Jameis is getting to do it in New Orleans where he was also the backup but maybe he does like what Trubisky does go somewhere else and I'm looking at the New York Giants like maybe Sam Darnold goes back to New York not to the Jets but to the Giants They're moving on from Daniel Jones. That's my bold prediction for anybody who needs it. Um, And maybe he's that bridge starter where he's coming in there as the one-year guy. some rookie. Yeah, who, you know, until C.J. Stroud is ready to take the reins, you know, uh, you'll be the guy. And if you prove yourself enough, then maybe you get another opportunity elsewhere. Because, I mean, let's be honest. That's what Trubisky, Mariota, and even Winston are doing is they're either trying to prove themselves to keep the young guy at bay or they're proving themselves for their next contract in the case of James Winston.
0: Yeah. And while we're on the topic of the New York Giants, been a bit of a rough 48 hours for them. MCL sprain for Kayvon Thibodeau. And everybody's been talking about the hit that did it. They also lost a really promising rookie linebacker to an ACL. Um, So rough time over there in that Giants defense. But I think you and I, we want to talk about that hit. So that is what is coming up next.
1: Absolutely. All these teams are getting geared up for the fall, Luke, and as our listeners and viewers are gearing up for the fall, they need the right people on their teams to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. When I left my first career for my second career, I was all over the LinkedIn job boards, getting advice from people, connecting uh, through messaging and emails with people, just networking. And trying to find my footing, unfortunately for me, before I ever left that first career, I landed in a very nice, solid position with the Locked On Podcast Network. And here we are today talking to you, where you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and to hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. All right, David, I got to go on a little rant here.
0: So in the Sunday night matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Giants, there was an unfortunate collision between Thaddeus Moss and Kayvon Thibodeau on a what looked, I think, like a split zone. It might have actually been a wind back play. Um, but what you need to know about that one is that the tight end comes across the formation and he blocks a backside edge rusher. So you have a tight end blocking an edge rusher. That is a mismatch. Thaddeus Moss blocking Kayvon Thibodeau is not necessarily the best thing. And so what they teach, and they teach this at the high school level, college level, pro level, and they've been doing it for decades, is what's called a cut block, and that is what yeah. you saw. You dive at their knees, and if you do it right, it's a fairly safe block. But when you're getting cut blocked, they also teach you how to deal with that. You either go down and meet their contact, um, or you try to jump over, get your legs out of the way, um, protect yourself. Now, a number of people, high-platform people, I mean, Rich Eisen, Warren Sharp, I'm not talking about just random Twitter accounts here, uh, called this a dirty play. Emmanuel Acho called it a cowardly hit, and that's really disappointing, I expect that kind of thing from somebody like Warren Sharp, who's fundamentally unserious. But from somebody like Rich Eisen or somebody who played like Acho, who should know what a cut block is, calling it cowardly is a very transparent attempt to get like some attention. Yeah. And that's somebody's character you're assassinating. Um, for those who don't know, I've been working on a history of the Minnesota Vikings documentary as a side project. And I actually just got to the part of the 90s. And what's interesting is there are two people very relevant to this that are worth bringing up. A, Thaddeus's dad, Randy Moss, dealt with this kind of BS from the media all the time, who weren't interested in getting to know him, who weren't interested in getting to know where he was from, who weren't interested in getting to know anything about anything going on, and were literally just looking for what the most controversial way to say stuff was. And... If you look at the papers back then, they were the most uncharitable things ever, and Randy Moss still hates the media to this day. Even when he was in the media as an ESPN analyst, he hated it. And I think this gives him just one more reason. The second person is John Randall, who actually had his hyperextended knee um, that he suffered in a divisional playoff game against the Cardinals. In the next game, which was the NFC Championship against the Falcons, the one where Gary Anderson missed, John Randall had his hyper-extended knee hit by a similar cut block. Somebody mm-hmm. asked John Randall on Twitter what he thought of this. His words, protect yourself. Now, I don't think it's actually Thibodeau's fault. I think he just took the wrong technique against a cut block, and and it was a reasonable decision to make, live decision. It's just a, a facet of bad luck. You, you, know, you pick rock, they pick paper, and you lose. Yeah. Um, it's very fortunate that it's just an MCL sprain. Yeah. Calling out somebody's character over a cut block is unforgivable. You don't know the sport, or, and if you do, you're pretending you don't know the sport so you can get more attention. That is even that that's that's unforgivable. That's very transparent, and uh, those people should never be taken seriously.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I will I will say this: I don't like the block, but the block is part of the game. Like what what Thaddeus yeah. Moss did is part of yeah. football today. If if we don't like it, then you know I I, I don't want to change the rules about cut. Saying, blocks. You know, hate don't hate the player, hate the game type of thing. If you want to get rid of cut blocks, get rid of cut blocks, right? And, yeah, we can talk about it for um, sure. That's that's a whole different topic, right? But as long as the player is playing within the rules of the game, then don't villainize the player because something went poorly, right? And and I don't know what Thaddeus' intentions were. I would like to think that he's not a young man who says, Oh, first round draft pick, I'm gonna ruin your season. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's doing I think what he's doing is he's a young guy who's trying to make a roster. By the way, this isn't Kayvon is the guy who's making the roster, period. Thaddeus Moss is the guy fighting for his career here. Yeah. And um, he's doing what the coach told him. So I him think he's to. just trying to make a hard play. He's just trying to make a really yeah. strong play for his team. And and the thing about him is his job is to block Kayvon Thibodeau. So that's what he's trying to do. Now, again, and, and I'll kind of go back to this. I don't like the block, but it's part of the game. What's not part of the game, Luke, is a defender doing this to an offensive player, a tight end who is pulling to to block. And, and the reason I bring that up is Washington Commanders tight end Logan Thomas, who had his ACL uh, torn last year in December in a game where he was the pulling tight end. Similar type of play. He was the pulling tight end. And if you go back and watch the play, the play is gone. Like the play is past where they are at, where he and the defender that he's matched up with So Logan basically pulls, all right, we're out of the play. There's no reason for me to engage you at this point. And at that point in time, that defender who's already out of the play decides to submarine Logan Thomas and go low, hitting him below his knee, hitting the blocker, tearing his ACL, ending his season. There's no reason for a defender to do that. You're out of the play. What you're doing is actually taking yourself out of the play even more because now you're on the ground. And there's no defensive coach in the NFL that says, hey, on this play, take yourself to the ground when you're out of the play, like that doesn't make any sense. So to me, you could argue a little bit more that that's a little bit more of a dirtier play because it doesn't have any football foundation, right? But even Logan Thomas, we talked to him on Monday when he returned uh, to practice for the first time since tearing that ACL in December. And he said his entire football career, he's been taught to cut block. You hit on the quad, you hit above the knee because for one, it's more effective. You can't can't easily hurdle a guy who's aiming for your Mm -hmm. quad. You can hurdle a guy who's aiming for your ankle or your shin. Um, and so it's more effective as a blocker anyway. But then, two, every football player knows when you strike below the knee, there's more of a likelihood of the leg getting trapped and the ACL or the MCL or both getting torn. That's why you don't want to do those kinds of things. So I get, so I agree with both sides. You want those blocks, I do think they should be taken out of the game. I think the target should be the quad. And if you hit below, it could be a 15 yard penalty, whatever the NFL decides to make it. But until it's out of the game, as a veteran or as a vested veteran or a former player who is supposed to be a steward of this profession and help these young guys come along and teach them the way to build future careers, don't villainize a guy for playing within the game because that's all Thaddeus Moss did. He yeah. played within the game, and unless you know there was some sort of ill intent or evil there, this dude's trying to make a roster, man, and and these guys know just as much as anybody else how powerful PR is, and if the Bengals see all kinds of fans turning on Thaddeus Moss... That is going to impact their decision on his career, and I think that's incredibly unfair. Yeah, I, I would bet
0: a good amount of money that the most criticism Thaddeus Moss got in the film room from his coach, from the person who would know if that's a dangerous hit or not, went, ah, oh, yeah, maybe you could have aimed that a little higher. Yeah, but otherwise, good play. Like right. that's going to be
1: it. And that's so when PR I see tip. words, that's not a football. That's not a football criticism. That's a PR tip.
0: Right. Or, uh, you know, Hey, it's going to be harder to hurdle if you keep yourself up. Like you said, like that's, that's what we're like, what we're talking about here. Maybe we got to drill that a little bit better.
1: Right. And I but, hate it for cave I really do. And that's why uh, yeah. I don't like the block. But again, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's part of the game, right? Like you can't, you know, see that waters level dudes by hitting them upside the head with his, with his helmet and his shoulder pad, the NFL didn't like it. So the NFL got rid of it from the game. And now if you do, if you're Deshaun Goldson, out there still leveling those types of hits on guys you get the flag you get the penalties the suspensions the fines fine yeah and guys have to adjust and they gotta they gotta get better but until it's out of the game we don't villainize the guys who did it before that rule is in place that's all i'm saying
0: yeah and these cuts will happen these cut blocks will happen hundreds if not thousands of times in a given week of nfl play without anybody getting injured on them unless you're in previously engaged and that's a chop block rule and that isn't Uh, is outlawed but using when I see words like cowardly and dirty I know somebody's just trying to get attention at the expense of disparaging someone else's character and I don't have any tolerance for that absolutely Um, so look Tomorrow, you get Tony and James. They'll keep you updated on everything going on. We got news pretty much flying in every single day now. And that's just going to be the way that it is. And make sure you check out all of the Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Dynasty, all of those resources. Get yourselves geared up to go and win your fantasy leagues, all right? I want you to win. Unless you're in a league with me, then I want you to lose. <laughs> for David Harrison, I'm Luke Braun. Thanks, y'all, so much for hanging out at the Lockdown NFL Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.